Listening to the Crosscutting Concerns podcast. I'm your host, Matt Groves. Please visit the site at crosscuttingconcerns.com where you can subscribe, browse the archives, contact me, read show notes, and leave a comment. I'm recording this podcast on March 30th, 2017, at the Indie Code Conference here in Indianapolis, Indiana. My guest today is a software architect at Aptera and Microsoft MVP, Eric Potter. How are you? Doing great today, Matt. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Having a good time at the Indie Code Conference? Oh, yeah. It's been great. Speaker lineup here is phenomenal. Seeing a lot of good sessions. Learning a lot. It's been a while since we've talked about C-Sharp on the show, believe it or not. But let's talk about a new C-Sharp feature today. It's called Pattern Matching. And as we're recording this, C-Sharp 7 was just released with Visual Studio 2017. So Pattern Matching is a new feature in C-Sharp 7. Can you give us a quick rundown of what Pattern Matching means in C-Sharp? At a really basic level, pattern matching is a more sophisticated way to code up selection statements. So to kind of step back and think about the history a little bit, Edsger Dijkstra would say that the three main structures we have for programming are sequence, selection, and iteration. So iteration being like different kinds of loops, selection being things like if statements and case statements. So sometimes what we have in programming is we need to be able to make a decision on a path based on multiple factors. And a lot of times what we need to do today is do this with nested if statements, which can get kind of hairy. What pattern matching allows us to do is to have a simpler syntax to make decisions on which branch to take. And so C Sharp 7 gives us this ability to pick our path at a more granular level. So just thinking of a switch statement in my mind right now, I'm thinking I could switch on a string or an integer So what sort of additional things can I switch on with pattern matching? What you're saying is that right now, switch statements can only work on very atomic types, ints, strings, bools, enums. Pattern matching uses the same switch statement syntax, but now we can switch on anything. So I can say, I want to switch on a animal object and I could then match on some of its properties. So I could say case of an animal where number of legs equals four. I could also match on its type. So I could say, you know, I want to switch on an animal and I will have a case for when it's a cat, for when it's a dog, for when it's a rabbit, whatever. And one of the things that's really nice is that the pattern matching can then give us a variable that's already cast to that type. So right now, if I needed to downcast from an object that was an animal to say a dog, I would have to say, if object is dog, then give me a dog object as a dog. So what I can do now is I can just say, if in a case where my object is a dog, give me a dog. So it kind of condenses those two things into one statement. Okay, so it sounds like it can allow me to express things a little more concisely. Is there any other reason why pattern matching is important for C-sharp developers? Well, I think going along with it being more concise, it just becomes more readable. A lot of what this replaces would be nested if statements. And so you're going through trying to solve it, well, if this, and then if this, and then if this. What pattern matching allows me to do is write code that's much more readable. 
I can now kind of have my entire selection statement in one line that reads really well. I could then start to combine things like where I want to match on a type and also a property. So I could match on an animal object and say, you know, a case where this is a dog and it has four legs, which I suppose happens all the time. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, or I want to match on dogs that are black and then I could match on dogs that are brown and then I could match on cats that are gray. And so instead of doing those in nested if statements, it just reads right out like you want it to. It's probably safe to say that the C-sharp developers didn't invent pattern matching. Is this come from other languages? Is this a really old computer science concept? Like a lot of things with functional programming, what's old is new. And I think people's reception to pattern matching in C-sharp often depends on what the languages they've seen it in. So for example, for the .NET programmer, they may have looked at F-sharp. F-sharp has had pattern matching since almost the beginning, if not the beginning. But F-sharp has a much more powerful version of pattern matching. And part of that has to do with the fact that to F-sharp, a list is a core data type. F-sharp allows you to do really sophisticated things where we're actually going to pattern match on different list constructions. And it's got some more sophisticated features for matching on tuples. A lot of people in F-sharp will look at the C-sharp pattern matching and think that it's really limited. The other big example that I've seen is what Elixir does with pattern matching. Elixir will actually do something where you can override a method based on a pattern. So you could have multiple different methods and the implementation would get selected based on the pattern in the parameter list. So some of these other functional languages take this idea of pattern matching and really take it really far. Uh, even languages like Swift and Rust have some other simple things where you can match on a range. And so instead of just saying if x equals 10, you could say if x is in the range of 5 to 15. Which, I mean, there, again, you could do that with multiple if statements, but pattern matching in those languages allows you to make it more concise. Is it possible that I could write case statements in such a way that a pattern match could work for multiple statements? If I say, it's, is this number between 5 and 10, and the next one says, is this number between 8 and 15? Is that a valid sort of case? What happens in that situation? So what will happen there is that the case statements are evaluated in order. Right. And so you're just going to match on the first one that is true. Another example would be if you were, again, going back to the analogy where we're matching on animals, mm -hmm. you might have a case statement where you know, if the animal is a golden retriever, and you might have a case statement below that where is the animal a dog? Those could both be true for a golden retriever, yeah. but it will match on the first one and only match on dog if it's not a golden retriever. You said that pattern matching in C-sharp is probably pretty primitive if you're an F-sharp developer. Or do you think it'll be necessary for C-sharp to eventually go further in that direction and, and have a more robust pattern matching in future versions? Certainly, I don't have a crystal ball to look into <laughs> on this. I imagine that they will. You know, the C-sharp team spends a lot of time making sure that they maintain backwards compatibility. Yeah. And so some of these language evolutions move kind of slow. In some of the previews, they did have some other additional pattern matching features. And I imagine that as the language continues to evolve, that we will see more and more sophisticated ways to match patterns. You mentioned tuples, I think, in regards to F-sharp. And this reminded me that tuples are, I think, included in C-sharp 7 yes, as well. Yes, they are. Does that relate to pattern matching at all, or is it just there are two great features that are in the same release? 
So they are features that are distinct in their own right, but they end up being useful together. So one of the times that pattern matching is more useful is when you have these compound patterns that you're trying to match. So I want to match on two different items. Well, a lot of times if I have two different items that I'm switching on, then I'm gonna wrap them up in a tuple. What can be really useful is to have a function that returns a tuple, and then I take that result and then switch on it. So you could imagine having a tuple of a Boolean for success or failure, and then maybe an output string, right? So I might want to pattern match on what I want to do if the evaluation succeeded, which would be the first half of the tuple, and then maybe I want to match on the length of the return string. I could have patterns for success and long string, success and short string, or failure. There's nothing syntactically that binds tuples to patterns, but I think there are features that will be used together pretty regularly. So for people that want to learn more about pattern matching in C Sharp, uh, here at IndyCode, they can go see your session, I think, tomorrow. Right. On it. But for those not fortunate to be here at IndyCode, where would it be a good place for them to look into this? I will certainly promote my blog. I have a couple blog posts out at humbletoolsmith.com on pattern matching, including an example where I use tuples with pattern matching to solve the fizz buzz problem that is, uh, I think, kind of an interesting case. There's also one on there where we solve the same problem in Swift, if you want to see how an interesting comparison of how Swift does pattern matching. And there's some other blog posts I have in the pipeline related to pattern matching. So that's one place. And Mads Torgesen has also released some content on the new C Sharp 7 features, which also includes stuff on pattern matching. Okay, I'll put links to those in the show notes at crosscuttingconcerns.com. Is there anything else you'd like to plug or maybe some ways people can contact you if they have questions? If you do have questions, the easiest way to find me is on Twitter. I'm at Potter Eric. The other thing that I'd love to promote is our company blog, which is blog.apteraInc.com. We've been cranking out a lot of good content on best practices, both from a technical standpoint and from a process standpoint. You know, some of the lessons we've learned developing successful software projects. My guest today has been Eric Potter. Thanks for being on the show. All right. Thanks, man. This has been the Cross-Cutting Concerns Podcast, produced and recorded by Matt Groves, 2017. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media and leave a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you downloaded this podcast. For show notes, please go to crosscuttingconcerns.com. This episode is recorded under the Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 license. Hosting for this podcast was made possible in part by Microsoft. It was recorded and mixed with the help of Audacity, Skype, and Camtasia Recorder. The theme music is by The Dirty Truckers. You can buy the music on Amazon or iTunes. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on a future episode, please go to crosscuttingconcerns.com to submit your name and idea. Please continue, I'm sorry.